Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Indigo Ocean Dutton. Indigo is a conscious business strategy specialist at Awaken Business Consulting. She knows what it can be like to endeavor to make it in the world in a way that is both fulfilling and financially sound. We want to have material abundance and we also want to have the freedom to maintain deep emotional bonds and contribute toward our vision of a a better world. Indigo's combined backgrounds in integral counseling psychology, spiritual counseling, and business consulting for companies large and small, some among the Fortune 500, makes her a well-prepared and highly skilled resource. Her depth of heartfelt presence makes her an excellent companion for the journey. So welcome, Indigo, to the podcast. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to chatting. Yeah, me too. So what is it that brought you to this point with the business that you have now? You have such a varied background, and uh, it'd be great to hear a bit about your journey in terms of how you you got to here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do have a very varied background. (laughs) Uh, Hard to say those two words together. Right. (laughs) First, I got a master's in counseling psychology and worked some years as a therapist, sometimes a play therapist with children, also an art therapist with adults, and uh, also did some spiritual counseling in private practice, worked for the state of Hawaii as a behavioral health specialist. Uh, So I had a, a good decade of defining myself largely by that, uh, also was a vocational trainer somewhere in there at a nonprofit. And then when I came back to California, I needed licensure, and I had never gotten licensure. Um, being in Hawaii, I didn't need it, uh, but I needed it to keep practicing that. So I wound up making a transition, and I really just kind of fell into business consulting. You know, I got recruited by a business consulting firm because I knew this one piece of technology that was very rare, and they figured if I knew that, they could teach me the craft of business consulting. So they did that, and I, I wound up eventually going on to three different business consulting firms, which each taught me their way, um, their methodology for doing business consulting. And that set me up in a really good situation so that when the economic crash came in 2008 and those companies started kind of struggling, I was able to launch my own business consulting firm. So at that point, I still had really kind of, you know, first there was the part of me that was the more, you know, holistically connected spiritual counseling, psychotherapy. And then there was the part of me that was this very technical business optimization consultant and right. technical consultant. Right. And the two were very separate. And so my first business, they were still very separate. And I wound up being extremely successful. Um, you know, I was closing deals worth 
$375,000 without awesome. leaving, without leaving my house, hmm, um, which works really well for an introvert, <laughs> <laughs> which I am a massive introvert. It's a perfect storm. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It really was. I, and I couldn't have planned it. You know, when I was in college, I remember going into the career counseling office and them giving me all these tests and then you have the meeting and they're supposed to tell you what you're supposed to do with your life. And the woman was just stumped. She's like, we don't, we couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> and it's because the things for me didn't exist back then. Right. And so this kind of wandering path, um, a, a couple, a year and a half ago, I realized that, okay, so I've done this, I've achieved financial success and, you know, a certain amount of career success with this firm. I had at times like seven people working for me and I had huge clients. I had clients like, you know, Comcast and Cisco Systems as, as well as, you know, single individual or nonprofit sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't anything more that I felt I needed to prove there. And yet that part of me that had always been helping people heal and grow and, you know, even in my work, but also I, I did a lot of volunteering from the time I was a teenager. You know, I, I started a summer camp for younger kids when I was still in high school. Oh, cool. Um, so my whole life, I'd always been doing volunteering and being on the board of directors of this or the board of advisors of that. And so th that longing, you know, so first thing I did is I joined another board of directors, but that still wasn't enough. And so Awaken, the company that I do now, really kind of came out of that desire for all of who I am to be showing up in the work that I do. And so Awaken really combines the, the, the spiritual counseling background, even all to the point of channeling information with these very solid business basics in how do you make a business succeed and working with the owners of the businesses now instead of with the employees the way I did with my last company mm -hmm. and, and making the growing of the business a part of their spiritual expansion in general. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is so uh, holistic, I mean, and far reaching in terms of, of how that would influence them and the work that they do. And therefore, that expands your reach and impact as well. Do you, do you feel like that is part of what makes your business so unique? That you're combining those two? So I think so. You know, it's so funny because when I first started doing it, I was like, okay, you know, the reality here is I have enough passive income coming in that if nobody wants this, I'll still be okay. So let me just put out there, you know, exactly what I'm about and, and we'll see if anybody wants it. And uh, it's funny because in the last year and a half, I've been discovering that there's a field of people doing this. So it's not actually as unique as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's kind of amazing when you tap into this community. It's like a whole new landscape opens up in front of yeah. you. Yeah. But it's coming, from, it's, it's coming from an authentic place. And I'm happy to know that I've got some soul tribe who's coming from that same place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you and I are both part of this, uh, this group of, of what uh, the, the person who started this Facebook group calls Wisdompreneurs. And it's a very apt description for for what we both do and what you yeah. certainly what you do. So, um, yeah, it's great to have that, those connections with people who are working along the same lines in whatever way they are choosing to do that and whatever they're choosing to offer as products or services. So, yeah, yeah. 
That's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, the fact that you started this uh, summer camp for kids while you were still a teenager, you're you're like one of these amazing dynamos that is <laughs> creating bored. things. Well, <laughs> I, I think it's awesome that you put your boredom, boredom to work in a way that uh, was obviously um, – having a big impact on the kids who are in the camp. So is is that something that is has always been with you, like this desire to make a difference? I mean, you could have done anything in, yeah. in at that time, and you chose to do something that was really of service. So is that something that's evolved and changed, or has it pretty much stayed with you from well, a young age? I would say, yeah, I would say that it's matured in the way that I approach it, mm-hmm. you know, I started off in life as I had a really hard childhood. And so I was someone who needed a lot of help. Like I was, even though my family never got the stuff like Toys for Tots or, you know, free, free this and that, that we should have, you know, my parents just weren't applying to that stuff, but we were poor enough to need it. Um, And then at a certain point, um, different kinds of community services started stepping in and helping me. Mm -hmm. And they taught me by making a difference in my life what a difference a person could make in someone's life. Hmm. And so I think that originally I just wanted to be one of those people, like the people who had helped me. Yeah. And, but then, and, and, I, and, and when you're a teenager and you're doing things like that, you get a lot of support from adults. So I would have this idea, hey, I want to do a fundraiser. Let's do a fundraiser and let's find some, you know, nonprofit agency and do a fundraiser. And I'd have so many adults helping me with so many parts of it, you know, not the least of which being transportation. And I wound up raising like $5,000 for muscular dystrophy at a skate-a-thon. And this is back in the 80s, right? So $5,000 was a lot of money. Yep. You could buy a car, you know, with that. And so, uh, but when I got into my 20s, I still had those kinds of aspirations, but I no longer had all these different adults who were ready to say, okay, well, let me see how I can contribute to what you're doing and fill in the blanks where, where, you know, you don't have transportation for example or you don't you don't know who to talk to to ask them to rent this space to run your summer camp in you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and so suddenly I was just stumped I had the same desire but I had I didn't have the even beginnings of how to implement my ideas and so in my 20s I just suffered <laughs> and then in my late 20s I went back and I got my master's in counseling and because I thought okay this is how I will help I'll, I'll get this training in this specific field that's a helping field mm-hmm. and then I will be a play therapist with with children and that's how I'll make my contribution but then I realized that that wasn't still quite fulfilling and so it really took my really needing to let go of that and just be in the world and learn how to take care of me and learn how to make this one person happy and fulfilled. And then when I came back around to it, having really fulfilled all of that with my last business and just done some volunteering along the way, you know, in between, you know, some free programs I'd put on and stuff like that, but nothing that was really all consuming like this stuff I had done before. Now coming back around, I'm able to make, make it all a part of helping other people in a way that I've helped myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure all those um, volunteer experiences too, they all have played a role in developing leadership skills and just showed what happens when you take initiative and experiencing that. And, and, and I'm, I'm so struck by, I mean, you and I've talked before and I, I didn't realize that you'd 
uh, come from a difficult childhood. And I, it's just, it's always amazing to me to hear of people that come from a background like yours. And now you're at the point where your passive income is enough to sustain you, not to mention <laughs> yeah. active income. So I think it's, it's awesome that you've been able to make this shift and move past whatever limiting beliefs were in your way and, and uh, whatever your early perceptions were around money and to really bring that into play in such a way that you're supporting yourself and then exploring how what you're doing now could be just without the pressure of income, just play with it a bit and see what, here's, here's the heart of what I want to offer and let's see what happens. And, and you've done that very successfully too. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And actually, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up the questions of mental frameworks mm-hmm. around poverty and abundance, because that was a big thing that had to shift. And I think it was it was when I you know realized, oh, my gosh, you know, I could totally stop working and I'd still be OK. I'd still live in my you know beautiful house and drive a dependable car and have food to eat, which are, you know, these are the basics that we need. And right. th- those basics would be there. And um it was only once I realized that I just did the numbers, I just did the math, and 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 there was this unbelievable shift in me. Like it felt, I would say it was decades at that time. I was in my early forties, but mm. really it felt more like a generational shift. Mm. It wow. felt like d- generations of my family dropped a certain identity. Yeah, and my my family, you know, I don't know, I don't know how everything works at that spiritual level. Okay, I won't pretend to. Despite being able to interact with it, it's just like you know, I can interact successfully with gravity, but don't ex- ask me to really <laughs> explain how it works to you, right? I right, know there's something right. about gravitational pulls and mass and something, but, but but and it's the same way with these these spiritual laws. Yeah, I can work successfully with them, but could I really explain them? No. But all I can say is that after I made that shift, these past years, I've seen my entire family making that shift. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, how incredibly fulfilling that must feel to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and now the volunteer work that I, the program, the volunteer program that I'm gearing up for right now, I'm, I'm still trying to make it come together with this one United Way program um, that's, that, that could accommodate it. But what a, it is a money mindset training for people who have experienced generational poverty. And they're, they're employed, but they're marginally employed. And, you know, they're... they're well enough financially that they're not in immediate financial crisis. They're not in mm-hmm. immediate physical threat. Right. But but they're in a pattern where they're always worrying and, and living paycheck to paycheck kind of a thing. Right. Those people, I've got something for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm right now I'm developing the opportunity to be able to bring that to them through a, a nonprofit. Yeah, that's amazing. What's the name of your nonprofit? So, so this is the thing. So I don't create nonprofits. I go to other people's nonprofits okay. and I do programs there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I loved what you said too around uh, this having an effect on your family that, uh, I mean, I've, I've heard this before and I, I see it too in, uh, in my, my own family and, and families of my clients where if there's a significant healing that goes on around some major issue, and money is an important issue in our lives. It's a practical reality, and we all need it in order to survive and to, be, to have 
a life where we can be in a position of making an impact. So if one member of the family heals that, then it, it just ripples out. And it's a great example yeah. of the impact you're having Yeah. by having done that work, which I know is, is, can be very challenging at times. So, yeah. Yeah. Is, are the, I mean, you talked about mental frameworks and w one of the things that um, I ask people is, how is how is your business a reflection of your own values because my belief is that impact is so much based in the things that you hold dear the values that you feel that are important because we operate by them whether we're conscious of them or not but the more <laughs> conscious you are the more you can work with them and and uh you know bring them into play so how's that played out in in your business and the way you uh, live your life well, I, I would say, you know, my chief value is just truth, right? Mm -hmm. I, I place that above all else. Mm -hmm. I believe that the truth contains all other values. You know, I believe that by our very nature, we are love. I believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience mm -hmm. and that that means something, that practically means something, even though it's the norm to separate that out. And, and people will say, yeah, I'm a spiritual being. And then they live their lives completely as if they're not. <laughs> like they don't even think about it, right? right, right. Um, but for me, it's a very practical truth. And so my value is to live the truth as, I, as I'm able to perceive it. So how that comes out in my business is that, you know, I work with from the framework that I am a spiritual being working with other manifestations of that one source. And we're in these different bodies, having these different sensory experiences and learning different things for them. But ultimately, we are one. And this is a, a game we're playing. We're playing together. And so let's play at getting more of who you are to come out in the way that you run your business. And let's play at this kind of hot, cold game of this feedback system uh, where we see that you're more fully embodying your spiritual truth mm -hmm. when the business is thriving more and you're, and you're enjoying running it more. And we'll say, okay, maybe we're heading in the wrong direction. We're getting colder if the business isn't doing that well or you're not enjoying it that much. And so we'll just play this game where we get to see how we're doing with our spiritual embodiment through the lens of this business. Mm. Yeah, I know you and I have talked about this before. I love your perspective on that, that you see business as a really immediate feedback system for how well we are expressing ourselves in our in our work in this case and lives yeah because the truth of who we are is everything right so how can we have scarcity how can we have lack when we're everything mm -hmm. yeah yeah um i and i love the, the way you've expressed that too as as us all being spiritual beings, expressions of the divine, of source, and um, in that con in that context, how can there, how, as you said, how can there be any lack? How can there be the absence of anything? Since that is everything. Exactly. Yeah. Are what do you think in in terms of your personal expression of truth and the way that you show up in the world? What do you think are the most important ways that you impact your clients? And um, yeah, I'll ask about that first, and then maybe we can move into sort of a larger context. But let's start there. Okay, so the funny thing is, <laughs> 
So the funny thing is, when I work with clients, my objective is I want to see their business grow, right? I want to see that what we're doing, not just causes it to grow, but grow miraculously, right? Mm -hmm. And miracles do routinely happen, but... It seems that, and that, and that, you know, that impresses me, right? That's just like the, that great, oh, wow, you know, for me, and that's exciting for me. Mm-hmm. But actually, in the feedback that I get from my clients, because I, I survey them fairly often and definitely at the end of any program, and their thing is they, it's just changed their lives. Yeah. That, that regardless of what's going on in there, some of them even went to jobs, but we designed the perfect job and then the universe sent it to them. <laughs> But it doesn't even matter because all that they care they care about is they're having a different experience of life. They're having like almost I don't know if I would go so far as to say a a constant satori experience, but that kind of a glow like where no matter what's going on, they're at a certain place of peace with it, and they feel a clarity and just a rightness about whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. That's really what they they achieve through the work regardless of how the outer circumstances may have shaped themselves by the time we're done. Yeah, that's great. And it's really not about the how, it's about the uh, essence of what people are experiencing. Yeah, yeah. but that surprised me. That's not what I was actually going for. <laughs> <laughs> Who you thought you'd have a whole... success stories. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you'd have like teams of entrepreneurs with businesses doing incredibly well and and uh yeah that's funny well for you mentioned satori uh for those listening who aren't familiar with that can you talk a little bit about that yeah so those experiences where we have sort of like a temporary enlightenment right so we're not like at that point where we know that we're what one might call enlightened or at least we we're not identifying with that concept Mm -hmm. but there are those times that we all have when everything is just really sweet. There's just a, a sort of a soft glow to all of life and all is well in the world. And there are different uh, degrees of this that people experience. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. And maybe you take a walk and some butterflies take the walk with you or a butterfly lands on you. Or there are these little synchronicities happening. Like you can see you're just in the flow, right? And, and, and all of life is conspiring to accommodate and bless you. And then at the extreme, it can be like, you know, you can communicate with trees, you can heal people, you know, and, and, and there's this entire spectrum along the way. But it's, it's a temporary experience. It's like we've touched into, we temporarily have let go of some of what we normally do that keeps that experience away. And so it was able to emerge mm-hmm. as, it, as it naturally will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see your role in a way as being a guide or uh, someone who can facilitate people moving into a higher level of enlightenment? Or do you not see yourself that way? Well, I definitely do. I tend to try to stay away from the word enlightenment and just talk about Satori experiences because mm-hmm. the, the attempt to become something in particular, to, to wear a label like enlightened, right. makes it impossible. <laughs> <laughs> And, so and, true. And yet we all have Satori experiences. So what if we just wanted to have those a little more often? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's tough when you set your goal as, yes, I want all my clients to be enlightened. It's such a... <laughs> <laughs> or even me. Like, I can't even start with me. Yeah. But I can have more and more Satori experiences. And I do. As, as the days go by, more, I spend more and more of my time in that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you feel that your work, because of the way that you're working and, and that being your focus, do you feel that you're shifting the kind of work that you do, the, the business consulting world? Do you feel that you have an impact there? Or, or even the large... Go ahead. Do you mean am I shifting what others are doing? Yeah, or how people are perceiving business or or even perceiving their lives. I mean, let's let's take it even bigger and go, how, do you feel that you have, your work is having an impact in the larger world? Well, I'd like to think so. Um, I hope that it's kind of hard to know because, you know, I will see people start using a term a lot more often after I start using it. Mm -hmm. But are they using it because of me or are they sourcing it from the same place that I sourced it from? Right. 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 So it's kind of hard to really know. I, I would have to trace things to my specific clients. And then this client went on to here and then there and then there. And so at that level, you know, I, I, I think so because their lives are changing. Right. And even though I can't say like here was the chain of cause and effect, I know that as each person changes, they have a different relationship to everyone in their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, with some of my clients, I'm specifically working with them on leadership because they have employees and they're wanting to develop their company culture and right. things like that. And so that, you know, the work that we do, they then take and they implement with those other people. So there's a direct effect there. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I like to believe that... I'm a, a definitely a strong ripple in, in the stream. And all I can really do, though, is just focus on the person right in front of me right. and try to bring through whatever really needs to come through for them right now. Yeah. And just keep doing that and just trust that the, the rest of it takes care of itself. Yeah. So having a real presence with the person you're with at the time. and Yeah, and that intention. You know, mm. it's my intention in that moment to facilitate healing and growth for them to the utmost of what is possible for me to facilitate or channel mm -hmm. in that moment. Yeah. And that is, that is always my prayer. And I trust that that prayer is being answered through me, not by me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's great. Is this something that you talk about in your marketing? One of the things I've been curious about is are people kind of keeping their impact in their own minds but not talking about it very openly because either they feel that it's not appropriate or or they just haven't chosen to share it or is this something that you're you're pretty open about in conversations with clients I'm very open about it I, I don't know that I would um, I don't know I may here and there use the word impact I, I can't remember exactly but definitely talking about you know, the concept that, you know, we're, we're spiritual beings. And, you know, ultimately, I want to live in a world in which everyone is spiritually awake to their true selves and is living the expression of who they truly are. Mm -hmm. But someone still bakes the bread, right? <laughs> right, like, right. Stuff needs to get done. We're not going to all be gurus. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's that, that chop wood, carry water. Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Yeah. So after yeah. Satori... <laughs> right, exactly. So, so, you know, it's like, yeah, in the midst of it all, in the midst of it all, and that, in fact, the Satori 
comes from the engagement with life, not the withdrawal from it. Right. Yeah, that's great. Is uh, one of the things that I think is so important as an entrepreneur and just doing this level of work the way that you do your work as as being engaged in so many levels of the work and uh, having a very deep and profound experience while you're doing that. Do you feel that your own self-care affects your ability to do your best work? Definitely, yeah. Are there aspects of your self-care practice that feels most important to you, sacred to you, that, that helps you in that? Well, probably the most important thing is meditating every day. And, you know, I'm not someone who can sit for an hour. Um, I, you know, I meditate for about 20 to somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes, um, usually closer to 20. And that's it. I do it once a day. So I don't do a whole lot of that. But I do have a dog. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> and, you know, going for walks. I live near a forest, you know, going for walks in the forest uh, every single day. I uh, have great neighbors those relations I have with my neighbors, just crossing them on the street and, and chatting and exchanging vegetables and mm. fruits from our gardens. And that, you know, I cook all my meals from scratch. I get enough sleep at night. I drink a lot of water. I, you know, those ways of just living a holistically healthy life, just generally living a life in which all the aspects of our health are being attended to joyfully, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, being able to access the states I need to be able to instantly drop into with my clients mm-hmm. to at will say, okay, come through wisdom, come through now. Like I couldn't access that if I wasn't constantly sort of tuning my instrument with self care. Mm. That is so true. I, uh, it's great the way you've put that because it's, it's not so much about just doing the right thing. It's really about, accessing the energy and making the connections that you need to at the time you want them that yeah. you want to call on them that's so powerful about taking great care of yourself and i i love i love that you included just talking and and with neighbors and exchanging vegetables as being part of your self care it's such a great feeling of community when you describe that yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> well uh, as as we all do, I'm sure you've run into um, obstacles or barriers or problems in making the impact that you want to have, the doing the work that you do. How have you, can you share with us an example of that and how you've been able to move through that? Well, I think that, you know, when I was talking about my 20s, that was actually the hardest time uh, because I knew there's this wonderful book by, I think it's by Ram Dass that's called How Can I Help? And I remember reading that book in my 20s. And it didn't actually help me answer the question. It just made me want an answer more badly. Um, I genuinely didn't know enough about the world to be able to help the world. I was still borrowing money from my older sister to pay the rent sometimes. Mm-hmm. So how could I help? Well, I could help, I could help me. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, I had to work really hard at that. Um, And so it was really a combination of accepting that I was going to need to make it a priority to get myself well and to get myself like just, you know, well in in the sense of being adjusted to life, to modern life and how do you make it in this world. Hmm. I needed to learn that because my family had never really known it. 
And uh, so that 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 shift was really important. And and I think that um, at different points in one's journey, that may or may not be necessary. So it's, that's not necessary for everyone. But for me, it was. And so if if I, you know if someone's listening, if they are feeling kind of stuck, and they've wanted to have more impact, but their own life is still not really quite what is fulfilling to them, mm-hmm. that I would say, look there first, let go of the trying to have this impact on others for now, get yourself to a really good place, and then come out from that place of fullness, and just see how you pour out into the world, because however you do, the world needs that. Hmm. Whatever you naturally are, when you're coming from your fullness, that's exactly what the world needs from you. That's great. I, it's so inspiring hearing you say that. And, I, you know, I think we, especially if, if we're interested in making a contribution or making a difference in the world, there's this tendency to think about our own care, our own just taking care of our own businesses, even as a kind of self indulgence, which is really the exact opposite of what you're saying. You're saying yeah. that it's essential that we look after our own selves first and and create a foundation to be able to do that work is that fair to say yeah and 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 realize that it's not forever it doesn't mean that you've suddenly become a selfish person (laughs) just because for a while you really need to just take care of you Mm -hmm. you know it is it, it you're you're you know there's a little bit to where it comes down to people's fundamental beliefs so if you were raised within a religion that you really took on board that says you are created in sin and you are fundamentally bad and you need to be redeemed by hard work and all these sacrifices. Mm. Okay, that's going to be problematic. That's going to set you up for uh, a difficulty in really feeling very good about anything you do. It, it will never feel like enough because how could you ever <laughs> redeem? You can't, even, you can't even earn the sunlight. Like, what could you do that could possibly justify the sun shining on you every day? Right? <laughs> right? You can't even... So you will never win that game. Right. But if, if you come from a fundamental belief of what in Buddhism is called Buddha nature, mm-hmm. that, you, that, that we are all originally perfect, and that it's really more the journey to let go of the illusion of our separation and the illusion of our imperfection so that we can live the expression of our Buddha nature... Then it's like, okay, <laughs> I, you know, I, I know how to engage with this. You know, I, I trust that if I kind of follow my inner guidance system, I will live the truth of my connection to others. I will live the truth of my compassion. I will live the truth of my love. I trust that that is essential to who I am. So no matter what I need to do right now in terms of where I focus on inner or outer, I know that that's ultimately where I'm headed because that's the truth of who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really well said. That's great. Well, are there insights or advice that you would offer to another business owner who's asking themselves, how can I really get clear about what is, what is mine to offer in the world? How, How can I, make a contribution, what, what would you say to them um, in terms of their ability to affect their environment in the larger world from where they stand now? You know, so with a lot of p- 
people I work with, we find that we have to kind of go back to the essentials of what really makes them come alive in clarifying what their business needs next. And that's why sometimes the, the business itself will, will change. Um, so they may come to me saying, well, how do I just you know make more money in this business that I've got? And mm-hmm. we never really know where that's going to take us. And so a part of the journey about half the time is restructuring the very idea. And when that happens, it always includes answering the question of the impact they want to have because mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, can go back to they're a spiritual being. They were everything, had everything, had access before they even came here. Like there's no enlightenment to get to. <laughs> we were we were already enlightened, right? We came here for a certain experience uh, of the expansion of that. And a part of that is how we're connected to each other and, and wanting to be a blessing to all the parts of ourselves. And so that that question of how the impact will be there usually will arise if we're redesigning what the offering is itself. Mm. And the place that we come from in trying to figure it out is largely about joy, you know, trusting that who they are has been trying to speak through them all along and that their job is just getting better and better at believing what it's saying, hearing it, believing it, acting on it. And so we follow the path of joy. And so there are you know different exercises I take people through um, to make sure that we're covering different aspects of it as it relates to business. Like, you know, I'll take them through 50 different marketing activities and clarifying, you know, what within that are what of the activities they enjoy. And then we can kind of put them together to say, okay, well, these are how this particular combination comes together to make you succeed in this area, right? So there's a a bit of a process to it. But in the Mm -hmm. end, it is fundamentally about saying, whatever makes you come alive, that's what the world needs from you. (laughs) Yeah, I love that quote. Yeah. Well, it sounds too like you believe that people have an inherent wisdom within them. It's a matter of tapping into it. I, I'm putting it in my own words. That's how yeah, I. That's yeah, how I, I approach would, clients. But yeah, is that? Would you say? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom in this call, Indigo. I, uh, I, I, I enjoy talking with you, and I think you are coming at business in such a soul-centered way that uh, is really helping people come alive spiritually and and of course that encompasses everything so um yeah i really appreciate you being here today thank you for sharing uh, everything you. That you have yeah, yeah if, fun. if people would like to get in touch with you what's the best way for them to reach you uh well if someone wants to explore working with me then definitely the awaken business consulting website i have uh, an assessment on there that gives me a little background on you and your aspirations. And then if you want to, you can schedule uh, a time to chat with me. Mm-hmm. And I bring through channeled guidance within that session as we explore sort of where you're going and, and what's really what's trying to form itself for you and what next steps might be, uh, whether I can be a part of them or, or not, uh, of moving you towards that, that greater vision, that broader vision. Um, so I always like to offer that as a, a free gift to people. If they want to explore that, I'm happy. And my guides are happy. You know, we're all happy to show up uh, for that conversation. And so I would say just start with the assessment. And if you just want to, you know, chat, I'm on I'm on uh, Twitter a lot. 
and I'm on there as Indigo Ocean, so just you know at Indigo Ocean, and I, I'm on there every day. I I love connecting with people there. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that, and thank you again for being here. It's been uh, awesome to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun to talk about such a you know delightful topic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love it too. So it's it's uh, that's been really great. So thank you again. Uh, so join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact. Join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.